We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, everyone. It's Lindsay Rhodes, and I've got a new podcast, The NFL Road Show fun and kind of nerdy conversation about the NFL every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I've got some amazing guests that are joining me. I'll be breaking the huddle with the top stories, previewing games. We'll get you set for the weekend fantasy with our Fantasy Friday episodes, and we'll answer some of your questions as well. So subscribe to the NFL Roadshow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Kobe in the fourth quarter. This is the Dane Moore NBA podcast brought to you by Blue Wire Podcasts. And the Timberwolves can't have nice things. After a pretty encouraging win in Utah the night before, Sunday was a series of just unfortunate events. Uh, you know how it went. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns was not only ruled out for Sunday's game against the Lakers, but appears to be on the shelf indefinitely with a dislocated left wrist. We'll get into that more in a second, but yeah, the game in the game it got worse. The Wolves fell back by almost twenty, almost immediately in LA. Um, really, I mean, I don't know how to put it. They just kind of got punked with a barrage of early threes and just disrespectful blocks. Kuzma looked like LeBron, and so did LeBron. It was, I I don't know. It was just like a there was Big Brother vibes out there all night, and they just they just worked the Wolves. Uh, matters got worse midway through the second quarter. Josh Okoge went down with what looked to be a serious left leg injury. Fortunately, though, um, it's been ruled by the team that his injury was just cramps. So it seems like a bullet dodged there. But all in all, it was it was still a bad night, culminating in a 36-point Timberwolves loss. Uh, on tonight's show, as we always do, we'll run through some observations of mine from the game. And... Because I would say there there wasn't a ton to draw from the game specifically. I'm going to kind of more focus on the ways 
this team can adjust to weather this catless storm. And I think that includes, you know, the role of D'Angelo Russell, that the role he's going to have to take in, in Cat's absence, you know, the, the one that he certainly did not grab against the Lakers on Sunday. Um, I want to focus on where they might be able to, where else they might be able to get an added boost from. And I think it's only natural to look at what Malik Beasley and Juancho Ornan Gomez were able to do last season without Cat. We'll also just talk about how the rotation is going to have to shift, be adjusted um, with kind of a, a, a different landscape of the roster. And, and yeah, how I just think this means it's time for Anthony Edwards to, to begin starting here pretty quick. But the place to start is with Cat's injury and what the timetable for his, his absence might be. So observation one is what actually happened to Cat's wrist. Well, if you weren't watching the Utah game, about halfway through the fourth quarter, you saw it. Cat um, attacked Gobert in the paint, drew contact, and sort of recoiled back, catching himself with his left wrist, and apparently dislocated it. What I think is interesting here is that this play was almost a mirror image of the play he fractured his wrist on last season. If you want to go dig into my Twitter, I, I posted... Um, a tweet with the the two videos of the plays that cat went down on both last year and this recent one. I uh, just check it out. They're, they're really, they're really similar. And it's, it, it's the same action that cat does when he, when he attacks the lane. If he, if he doesn't have a clean dunk on a drive, he will run into the defender and sort of flail backwards while shooting. It's his way of trying to draw the shooting foul. And at his size, it's just a dangerous action. If he really has a head of steam because He'll sort of get off balance and not land on his butt and instead kind of his side, which I think just naturally triggers himself to brace himself. I'm interested to see when he does come back, whether there's any sort of adjustment in that approach, because that big body flailing around like that, it's, it's, you know, it's just a matter of volume and time before, you know, injuries happen this, that sort of way. But either way, it happened. He's out for a while. The real question is how long? And I don't know the answer to that. Um, from the people I talked to after the Utah game, the expectation was that that Cat wasn't even going to miss the Lakers game. But then they got to L.A., he saw a hand specialist there, and it was just determined that the wrist actually dislocated and then repopped its way back in. So I'm assuming what happened is that didn't show up on initial x-rays as a fracture. I'm not a doctor, but I'm pretty sure that's the difference between a fracture and a dislocation. I don't know. But to some extent, I think this could be good news in the notion that it's it's not a break. That's encouraging. You'd have to think a break has a more specific timetable for bone healing. With this injury, it would probably be more about regaining range of motion in that wrist after the swell after the swelling goes down and then just sort of security in the joint that doesn't, you know, risk another dislocation. But I, I don't know how this all works. What we do know is that Saunders has said that the injury will be evaluated weekly. We also know that this Timberwolves regime is kind of notorious, notoriously vague um, with injury timetables. I mean, they play within the rules, but they leave a lot unknown. You think back to last season, I remember Jake Lehman's turf toe. It was treated similar to this from an information standpoint, and then he went on to miss multiple months. 
when when Lehman finally talked to us about the injury again months later, once he was healthy, he said he was told right away that he would be out for a long time. And then you know again with Cat just last season, you remember how that went? Not only with his wrist injury, you know, kind of being spoken about ambiguously, but he also had that that knee injury that kept him out for 15 games over 35 days. And the timetable there was weird. We're not weird. It was just, we didn't know what it was, you know, and part of that 15 game absence was about cat got really sick at the end of his recovery. But still, I think the point stands that it's unlikely that there will be much clarity about a timetable for cat recovering from this, which, you know, it's going to lead to people doing the worst case thing. And assume that means an extended absence, but it, you know, it could go the other way too. What I'm saying is, I, I don't think we'd have much more information if he was only going to be, if this was only going to be a two-week injury. The Wolves play seven games over the next two weeks, fourteen over the next four weeks, and twenty-two over the next six weeks. So again, your guess is as good as mine on how many weeks it's going to be. But whatever your, whatever your guess is for. Weeks out, multiply that by three and a half games per week, and you'll have your expected amount of games that Cat will miss. No matter what, it's it's going to be a battle for this team. Which leads me to, to my second observation, which is that the Wolves need a lot from D'Lo in the coming weeks. And, and the observation from the game is that they got nothing from him against the Lakers. Russell had only four points and seven turnovers in the game. And, you know, quite frankly, he, he just looked a lot like the player I've been telling you I don't think he is. You know, I, I, I entered my season sort of planting my flag on the idea that this season will be Dilo's most engaged of his career because he's older and because he has more talent around him than ever before. But, yeah, I mean, relative to where the market seemed to be on Dilo, I was – I was buying stock because I just thought the hate had gone a little bit too far, but this is, I think this is what this, that hate was about. And, you know, on Sunday, if I'm being honest, he, he made that, you know, my take look bad. This is what Dilo had to say about the performance post game. D'Angelo, what, uh, what kind of things do you take away from it to try and change? So the next time, you know, what even not even on just a back to back against the Clippers on Tuesday, maybe you're not not quite as flat as you guys were tonight. I mean, just game got out of hand early, you know, just figuring out a way to, you know, stay within ourselves to stop the bleeding. You know, I think we kind of got out of ourselves you know, trying to stop the bleeding, including myself. So um, I think that's that's the recipe for us. Just trying to stay within the system and be consistent with it. Did, did you feel, D'Angelo, like you ever had even anything close to a rhythm? I mean, it just seemed like the shot mm-hmm. wasn't falling things. Yeah, you. Yep. No, hell no. I didn't. No. It, was out of, it was out of reach early. We couldn't get anything going. You know, we couldn't stop the bleeding, you know, the way we wanted to. And even if, even if we did, um, a lot played in their favor. You know? So it was, it was a tough one. It was one of those nights for us. I know some of you won't like that response, and I think that's – a somewhat fair opinion to have, you know, Dilo did bring up the fact that it was a back-to-back in not only that answer, but a couple of his other answers when he was talking. And, you know, if we're being fair, that is noteworthy. Flying into a new town for a road back-to-back, a road road back-to-back when the other team didn't play the night before, it is a disadvantage. 
I will acknowledge that. But what I felt was poor leadership on his part was just sort of willingly waving the white flag early. It was it was clear they were going to lose early on. But I think we can all agree that there are different types of losses. And I think it's on the leader to find a way to make that loss have some positives. As a leader, I think you got to be intentional about finding a way to go on that 20 to 8 run at some point in the game. Finding a way to cut down the lead so it just isn't one of those games that is just piling up on you. And this game was a pile-on game. How much can Dilo control that? I don't know exactly. How much did he try to? It didn't seem like much. Either way, it sounded like Dilo just wanted to move on from that game. And, well, they have to. They do have to move on, and D'Lo, if they do move on, is, is going to be what moves them on. He's clearly the best player now. I'm I'm curious to track what D'Lo is able to do as the best guy out there compared to what Wiggins did without Cat last year. I mean, when Wiggins was on the team, Cat missed 17 games. Two at the beginning of the year because of that suspension with the fight with Embiid, and then 15 with that knee injury. In those 17 games, the Wolves were 6-11. and 11. But what I remember from more than the record from that run of the, the 15 games specifically is that in that time, in those 35 days, the Wolves were the number three defense in the NBA. That group, you know, sans cat, bought into the scheme and executed it. They still lost a lot, and, you know, I, a lot of that was because they were just at an offensive talent deficit. They were dead last in offense over those 15 games. I don't know, though, but I, I just I felt like that group had an identity. And I felt that it was it was an identity that was put forth by the leaders on that team. Those leaders were Robert Covington, Gorgie Jang, Shabazz Napier and Andrew Wiggins. It, it's different leaders this year. All four of those dudes aren't on the team anymore. So who are the leaders now? That's the question. I would say D'Lo and Malik Beasley for sure. And then it's. Probably Ricky Rubio and Josh Okoge as the Jang and Napier style vets in the rotation. Can those four also get this team to 6-11 and 11 over the stretch? I think that's a reasonable goal. If they can, the Wolves would be 8-12. and 12. And, you know, obviously this is just guessing a random timetable, but if Cat comes back to a team that is 8-12, and 12, they can have a rest of the season that isn't just a wash. And... And you know what? That should be the goal here. The goal should be that when Cat comes back, the Wolves are playing real basketball and we're able to learn about what a team led by Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell can put forward. Let's take a quick break. Football is back in full swing. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team and player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, divisions, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. 2020 has already reshaped how we work, and it's almost over. 
Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly, so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. 73% of online job seekers in the U.S. are visiting Indeed each month, according to Comscore. So it's clear Indeed can help get you the quality hire you need. That's why more than 3 million businesses worldwide use Indeed for hiring. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. For observation three, I want to focus on two players, Malik Beasley and Juancho Hernan Gomez. Like I said, I think it's only natural to look at those two when we think about this team playing without Cat. Both of them got paid in part due to what they were able to do, what, what they were able to show in Cat's absence last season. I mean, Beasley averaged 21-5-2 and two on 43% shooting from deep in those 14 games. Juancho averaged 13-7 and seven on 42% sh- three-point shooting. And they shot at a high volume. They combined to shoot 13 threes a game, those two. Now, I, I think we're all relatively bought into the idea that Malik's going to, you know, take on that role, take on a little bit more off- offensive punch. And and that seems like something that is, you know, reasonable to bet on, that we believe will be a, a positive addition. But the Wancho part is the question mark, right? He's been awful in, in the preseason and in these – first couple regular season games the thing is you know i mean wancho knows he's been awful too listen listen to what he had to say post game wancho just i mean how are you feeling in your process of trying to get a rhythm and and get acclimated a little bit out there um i'm feeling better every single day uh you know getting safe i'm getting back to the, to the nba uh he's eight months without game playing a game and i know i didn't play my best yet but i'm I'm working hard to get there. I'll help the team. What what is just what's what's been missing the most for you early on? Um, there's the rhythm. There's the NBA rhythm. Uh, it was a short preseason, short uh, preseason games, and you know uh, we gotta get back to to play as a team and, and play together. I know many of you are probably pretty fed up with Wancho's play right now, particularly you know after signing that contract and in the light of basically, you know, them moving on from Rondae Hollis Jefferson and all those things that we feel that this team needs at power forward. And, you know, it's, it's warranted. Wancho didn't score at all in the first two games. The only stats he's tacked on were four rebounds and one assist in those, did I say four games in those first two games. He's, he's been nowhere near the player he was after the deadline last year. But, I, if we're grabbing silver linings, I, I do think he started to get the first beats of a rhythm in the Lakers game. He made a three. He grabbed a couple of boards and looked like a player that this team might actually be able to play. 
I know that sounds like a low bar, but it's something happened. And, you know, for me, if Wancho's a penny stock right now, you know, I'm buying it. You know, rhythm, you go back to Denver. Rhythm has always been important to him. He was always up and down, and so was his role. With Cat out, that's going to mean a bigger role for him, I think. And really, you know, it can't, it can't, it can't get worse than it's been. I'm, I'm interested to see what he brings in a bigger role. Ryan's going to, to try and get him going. Saunders started Wancho over Lehman in the second half tonight. You know, and I, I think we're going to see some of that Wancho, Beasley. Not some. I think we're going to see a lot of Wancho, Beasley, and D'Lo. You know, just like we saw after the deadline last year. Those guys played 12 games together. And when those three were on the floor, they, at the same time, the offense was really good. They had an offensive rating of 115, which is like 86th percentile in the league. And yet the defense was bad. But, you know, hopefully playing alongside a more defensively rejuvenated Jarek Culver, I, you know what, hopefully that helps. I'm interested to see if Saunders goes with both Culver and Akogi next to that Wancho Beasley D-Lo threesome. I think that is what could be this team's version of, you know, super small ball. They're, they're going to need to play someone else at center in addition to Nas Reed. And it, it sure doesn't look like it should be Ed Davis. I bet you Wancho gets some reps there situationally. All right. My fourth and what will be my final observation for tonight is, is Anthony Edwards and just why I think it's time to start him. I mean, and this has to begin with acknowledging that the Lakers game was Edwards' worst game yet. He did only shoot 6 for 21 from the field in the game, and he was 1 for 9 from 3. But, you know, two of those threes were half-court heaves, which, you know, doesn't make it much better. 1 of 7 isn't any good. But my point is that I think Edwards' statistical performance in this game should you know, kind of be brushed over. That game was a mess, and Edwards got caught up in the mess. Still, I mean, the point is, is that Saunders needs a boost over these first couple Catless games, in my opinion. It's the Clippers on Tuesday, the Wizards on Friday, and then two against the Nuggets. I think we can safely say that Cat is out for those four games. And I think Edwards is the place to go to replace some of that production. There's already the factor of, you know, Lehman just looking like he can't be a starter right now. And with that, I think you've got to go with Edwards and Lehman's spot. So you go D'Lo... Beasley, Edwards, Akogi, and Nas. Now, will that happen? I don't, I don't know. I, I do think I, I can't see Saunders sticking with Lehman like this. So part of me wonders if he'll go with Rubio. I mean, they have been able to play that Rubio, D'Lo, Beasley threesome a lot. Those guys have been closing you know, close the first two games effectively. But to me, I, I think Rubio's a little more fungible. or You almost want to kind of use him in in different ways I, I think he's I think Rubio is someone who can help you both when he is with the in with the starters and when he's in with the bench guys either way it just it just feels like it's time for a starting lineup shakeup. and I, I think about I think about how Travion Graham started last season the first 19 games before you know Saunders realized they had to make a change there Saunders made the move of of putting in Josh Okogie as a starter at that point in the season because it just became clear that Okogie was giving them more. Now Edward Edwards is obviously different than Okogie, and you know Edwards is still very raw. It's pretty clear he doesn't have his head wrapped around the playbook yet. But it 
does I mean I don't think we, we can watch these first three games and not say it feels like time to start expanding his role and you know necessity forces invention right like it's it's going to be about a vibe with this group here without cat clearly the vibe was not there against the Lakers tonight and and if they carry that vibe over it's going to feel a lot like the 11 game losing streak last year you know when when cat was out for most of it you got to you got to do something to change it and i think i think anthony edwards is the the best option they have to instigate a change in a vibe so that's where i'm at at it that's all i've got for tonight again it's the clippers wizards and nuggets over the course of the next week i will be taking tomorrow night off from the pod but i'll be back after the clippers game on tuesday night so look for that wednesday morning if these west coast games don't just kill me with late nights um after that i'll bring a, a guest on the pod on wednesday in advance of friday's game against the wizards so i can stop just talking to myself um i want to say thank you for sticking through these gamer pods um you know i've got some positive feedback from from you that uh that you're enjoying these i i, I hope that's not only on wins and hope there's still something to be taken away from this but just want to say i appreciate you and that i will talk to you tuesday night until then i'm dane how i'm feeling man i hope it never stop yeah green it hard so you can find me in the crowd yeah yeah don't let standards ever ever bring you down yeah hope you dancing like without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running everything would suddenly stop hospitals factories schools and power plants they all depend on you no matter the weather emergency or time of day you're the ones who get it done at Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.